The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from the old National Bank State Street studio, across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. parody song during crosstalk and uh, you can get your holiday parody song in you've got the next few weeks to get them in deadlines december 8th but time is ticking next week's thanksgiving you blink and then it's december so then uh then you're down to the deadline so uh start uh, crafting them send them to espnparody.com the grand prize this year is a year's worth of groceries from Jewel Osco, you'll also get an American Sale gift card. We'll play more as they continue to come in. We'll also go down memory lane and play some of the uh, great ones from the past. It's all presented by Elijah Craig Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey and also American Sale, 19 Crimes Wine, and Jewel Osco. Talking some bowls, Shams uh, is reporting that uh, the bowls could be open for business here, and, and Zach especially, too. They're asking for nine first-round picks. I'm not sure the deal's going to be done. Can I get eight? Can I get a couple? Wasn't that the rumor in the offseason that they were, they were, they were going to shop him, but the asking price they was had, way too that's high? That's what Casey has been in writing, that their, their asking price was high. And that's why there have been no takers. Maybe, who knows, maybe they're lowering it now. I don't know. Was it too high to begin with? So we're, we're continuing to talk about that. We've got uh, a lot of Bears on tap big game against the Lions. The Lions are playing great football. They want to shoot out against the Chargers. They're like everyone's darling right now. Adam Johns joins us from The Athletic. He joins us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Johns, how have you been? I'm doing great. Sylvie, how are you, man? We're doing well. Um, you're, you're anticipating Justin Fields coming back this week, aren't you? 100%. 100%. I think it was a good sign that the Bears adjusted their practice schedule to include just individual work as opposed to just walk through. And you hear Matty Bufus talking about having some teamwork being the next hurdle for Justin Fields to, to really clear to come back. I think that happens Wednesday, Thursday. He's definitely coming back, in my opinion. What are you expecting him to look like coming back, Adam? Because a dislocated thumb on your throwing hand is something that probably will leave some residual issues. Yeah, and here's the uh, Detroit Lions divisional rival playing really well. Here's Aiden Hutchinson trying to chase you down. Not an easy opponent to, to come back to. Then you have the... Minnesota Vikings, who he got injured against and who blitzed an, an awful, awful lot. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, I, I really don't because the, the running, the escapability, all the stuff he does with his legs is such a benefit to his game. But he's got to be at least cautious with that, right? He's got to play all seven of these. He can't have a, a setback or another injury or misses two or three games. He's got to play in all seven of these games. So I'm with you, Tom. I, I have no idea what to expect once he returns to the field just because of that thumb leaves so many questions. Well, A, how do you feel about his future with this organization? And how do you, B, how do you feel they feel about his potential future with this organization? You know, we were talking about this uh, on the podcast this morning. 
I almost wonder if he's got to win them back over or change their opinions at this point because it's been four long weeks. Tyson Bajan came in and really complimented that defense in a way. Won two games. I know it wasn't perfect. It wasn't pretty. But the Bears went 2-2 two and two with an undrafted Division two starter as their starting quarterback. Like, that that's something. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like, I'm judging him really right now by the win and loss column, and that might not be fair, but that's where this evaluation has to reach. You can look at all the rushing yards. You can look at QBR. You can look at pass rating, completion percentage, all of that. It's time to look at the win, win and loss record. That's where the development really has to come through for me at least. Do you, do you think that Ryan Poles has already made a decision on Justin Fields? Or, it, like, we keep saying, hey, Justin Fields has seven games to, to win us over, to win Poles over. Or do you believe that Poles has made up his mind? I think he's got seven games to, to maybe change his uh, opinion of where things are headed. I'm telling you guys, the Bears are investing a lot of time and energy looking at these quarterbacks because they have to. They have the first overall pick or should have the first overall pick because of the Carolina Panthers selection. So they have to prepare for Caleb Williams. They have to prepare for Drake May. They have to look at J.J. McCarthy. They have to prep for all the quarterbacks, the top ones coming out in this draft. And when you start looking at other quarterbacks and you start thinking about resetting this important position on your roster, it's it's hard not to, to look ahead. Right, so I think Justin Fields has to step in there, play well, get some wins, kind of play complimentary football to this defense that's playing well. Then I then I do think yes, if you get three, four wins over this final seven game stretch, then maybe the conversations change in house all of it. Adam, if they decide to go in a different direction with the quarterback, do the dominoes begin to fall further as well? Like. You don't bring back the existing coaching staff if you're going to draft another quarterback with the first overall selection, do you? How about the existing head coach, but changing the offensive staff to have maybe you know some chemistry from, from day one? I think maybe that's the, the road I would go down because I believe everything that Ryan Pohl said a few weeks ago about, about Matt Eberflus. Like he mm. really believes in what he's doing behind the scenes. And then you see the actual proof with this defense, which is starting to turn it around, and he just gave him an upgrade, Montez Sweat. I think he believes in what Matt Eberflus could do defensively and maybe even culture-wise, team-wise overall. But, yes, to your point, Tom, if you're moving on from Justin Fields, you might have to move on from Luke Getty, too. So you are not of the belief that what – because I was worried about this when he first said this, and I went upstairs. I don't know if you were there that day. Because um, I was going up to the to the media room asking, "Hey, this this worried me because I I, I want them to do a, a coaching search. I don't think Eberflus is the guy, Adam. But when he when Poles said that to me, it was an over the top thing. And everyone says to me, "Well, what do you want him to do? Do you want him to tear him down?" And I go, "No, there's kind of a medium there. There's you can back your coach without throwing rose petals at his feet." And I felt like what Poles did that day was really give him an over-the-top endorsement. So did I just hear that correctly, Johns, that you're of the belief that what Poles told you is truly the way he feels about Eberflus and his long-term future? 100%. I read it the same way you did. That wasn't, Sylvia, I was there. That wasn't your typical vote of confidence, right, to use that cliche that you hear from ownership groups or, or, you know, general managers and, and what have you. That was 
like multiple votes votes of confidence, right? Like he went out of his way to give a very long-winded, detailed answer in a sense about why he likes Matt Eberflus, and you can debate the, the the merits of that, but the the how long it was, how elongated it was, really stood out to me. This was a point that Ryan Poles was trying to make and really drive home to anyone who was listening or would be reading or listening on your, your radio stations, whatever have you. Like, this is a guy that Ryan Poles believes in. And I believe he believes in everything he said, too. So I read it the same way you did, Sylvie. He, he, he doesn't win enough games. He isn't a dynamic leader. He uh, has had to le- let coaches go because of HR decisions under his watch, and he needs to replace those guys. He twists himself up into a pretzel when he tries to explain decisions. Like, I don't, I don't understand the redeeming quality and why polls would go. And then if they would draft a quarterback, Johns, you've been a part of this. You've covered this team. Even if they would replace the offensive staff, if they go out and replace the quarterback and they start then developing him with this coaching staff and then it goes bad next year and then they reach the end of Eberflus and they pull the rug out from the coaching staff and then the new quarterback in year two has to learn another offense, you're doing it again and you've learned nothing from the past. It's all we know, right? The the incessant change and one regime inheriting, you know, the old regime's garbage, you know, if you want to call it that. But, like, I feel like there's such important context that's missing in what last year was. Like, Matt Eberflus and his coaching staff was in on this. Like, this was going to be a complete teardown. They were going to be bad on purpose. And you never see that in the NFL, right? Never. I've never covered that in my, what, 12-plus years covering this team. You always see it's always trying to win with Jake Cutler. Then it's trying to win with Mr. Trubisky. And, like, you know, things keep, you know, you're kicking the can down the road a bit. Like, but last year, like, the coaching staff, they were all in on this. Like, they were going to tear this down. They were going to trade their best players. They were going to go young. They were trying to develop these guys. And it was going to be a multi-year process. And I think George McCaskey's in on it. I think Kevin Warren, when he signed up, was in on it. That's why I think Matt Eberflus is going to get a third year because – Last year, the complete teardown of what Ryan Pace built, like they were being bad on purpose. And, yes, you're not seeing enough wins this year, but you're starting to see some of the, I guess, the fruits of their labor coming through with some improved defensive play. You just get the offense to come around a quarterback. I, I think through 27 games, that's what they've played the last two years, right? 17 and then 10. My math is good there. I believe Matt is 6-21. and 21. Dan Campbell is 7-19-1 in, in his first 27 games. This is why I've said, look, I, I'm I'm skeptical as to why, whether or not they can pivot and head in the right direction, Adam. But if if you want to change the narrative, go to Detroit as a defensive coordinator slash head coach, shut down the second or third ranked offense, come away with a W, and then maybe you can change the way that people feel about you. Do you believe they have the capacity to go on a run like the Lions did last year and turned their fortune around? Well, that starts the quarterback position, right? Uh, he's it's part Jared, of it as well. Yeah, it's Jared Goff finding a home in that offense, having a connection with that offensive coordinator, and really taking off. I, I think the Lions Tom, are such a unique example of how to like maybe build your roster in a correct way, like investing in the trenches, 
and whatnot. And like that line that they have right now, that outstanding offensive line, wasn't built overnight. Those are first round pick after first round pick. It, it took a few years to build that what it to build what it is to today. It took some time to do that. And then you have Jared Goff traded there, and obviously you know that's what really propelled them to to what they are today. But it took time. It took time. It took the right coach. It took the right general manager. It took the right belief in what they wanted to be, like the identity in terms of what they wanted to be. Um, I think they're a good blueprint for teams like the Bears who can't get the quarterback position right, maybe improve everywhere else on the field. And then when you get that quarterback, or at least the Jared Goff-like quarterback, bring him in, see if he can win some ball games, and it's paying off right now in Detroit. So uh, what your, your article uh, this week, I think it came out Monday, caught my attention about Drake May. You were at North Carolina. You were in Chapel Hill to see the game. Yes, absolutely beautiful. I had no idea how gorgeous that that (laughs) campus was. Everybody says it, but my gosh, that is like you're walking through like school buildings and like a forest, and all of a sudden, boom, here's the football stadium. That, That is something. I thought it was very cool. So what did so what was your your big takeaway? And you saw and what you wrote too. You described it. Um, it, it was probably his best game, wasn't it? One of them, definitely one of them. Like I, I walked into that stadium, you know, expecting to to be blown away in a sense. Just like when I saw Caleb Williams down in South Bend a few weeks ago, and that was massively disappointing. Probably Caleb Williams' worst game of the year. So here they are, North Carolina versus Duke. And the first thing you notice, like when you're on the sidelines during warmups, like how big Drake May is. All of six four, maybe six five. Long, lean, looks physically like Justin Herbert, right? That's how he looks uh, when you see him, like, next to him on the sideline. But then, like, later in the game, like, they didn't play well for three quarters. But here, here they are in five minutes left when you need Drake May to be the best player on the field. And he delivers two times in the fourth quarter, once to give him, a, give him the lead, once to tie the game with 40 seconds left. Then he delivers again and again in the first overtime, in the second overtime, like he was clutch in the most important moments, not just on third down, but fourth down, big plays when he needed them, including with his legs. He saw the two-point conversion there, scramble, eyes down the field, finds the tight end open in the backfield. That, to me, that clutch gene, seeing it four times, like in, in a 30-minute span, 45-minute span, that sticks with you. Are the scouts as enamored as you are, uh, like, over the course of time? There will be moments. I think he threw an ill-advised interception, like all quarterbacks do at times earlier in that game. Are the the scouts and the people that do this for a living, Adam, are they sold on him being the, if not the best quarterback, maybe the second best quarterback? Uh, Maybe 95%. You know, I think it's either Caleb Williams or Drake May. You're talking one, two, you know, take your pick, whoever – has that first pick, right? It's going to be feel, in terms. Adam, do they feel like this crop of quarterbacks is better than last year's crop? Yes. Yes, they do. Yes, they, Everybody I've talked to has said that just in terms. They, they use that word generational too much. I think that's unfair to the actual player. But you have two pretty different quarterbacks who do a lot of things well, uh, whether it's Caleb Williams and his creativity or, or Drake May. All 6'4", 230 pounds of him with with the big arm and some creativity to his game as well. A lot of scouts that I've talked to are very high in these guys. Interesting. So Ryan um, could draft a quarterback out of North Carolina for his defensive coordinator coach who could stay an extra year but then get fired. 
Anywhere's that, number the, 10. I've read this that, book before. Does that sound familiar? I've read this book. <laughs> yeah. You know what? There was a moment in that game. Um, he scrambled. Drake May scrambled, and he ran out of bounds for a sack. And I'm like, oh, I've seen that before. Yes, I saw um, that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen that before with the old number 10 who used to play here. But then, like, all the stuff that he did after that, whether it's spinning out of sacks or being tackled on a one-yard run and pitching it back, like, I, I was surprised by how well he improvised and created, like, post-snap or post-play when everything started to break down. I heard about the big arm. I heard about how he could, you know, layer throws all over the field. But to see him create when his team needed, needed him the most, like, that stood out to me, too. All right, Adam, so, so project to Monday. We're going to be sitting around saying what? Are we going to be saying, hey, this team had the, the best win of the last several years against a Detroit Lions team that is the class of the division, and Justin played well, and here we go? Or are we going to be talking about more of the same, what we've seen over the last 26 or 27 games? Does covering that big spread count as a win? Uh, no. no. For, no. for my, my money, I put $15 down on the Bears to cover. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Big money there. Regardless of what the spread is, are we talking about a team that you feel goes up and, a, and accords itself well and makes some progress and makes us feel a little bit better? Or are we going to be sitting here saying, well, that was just more of the same and an opportunity has gone by? I think the Bears, with how well their defense is playing, especially against the run, I think they're going to make Jared Goff's day a little longer than he wants. They'll keep it close. Matty Berflus is 2-9 and nine in one-score games, right, in those 27 games that you mentioned, Tom? Yeah. Like one of those wins, one of those wins, one of those two wins belongs to Tyson Bajan, right? It, it would be great to see Justin Fields deliver one of those another close games, close game victories, because I feel like this is going to be one of those, one of those one-score games where drives at the end of the first half, right, or the final two-minute situation, the final four-minute situation that Justin Fields finds him in is just going to be so important, not only to that victory, but to his evaluation. So I think it's a close game, but right now I have it as a close loss for the Bears. John's great stuff as always. We appreciate you. See you up at house, all right? We'll see you there. Take care, fellas. Adam Johns, The Athletic, does great work. So Um, this is a really important game for a ton of people. I'm scared. I know you said, look, you can't do anything until after the season. I know that. Got enough on my plate. Yeah. I got enough worries. But still, like, if they you make this. Thanksgiving to get to. I, I'm going. I'm going to focus on all that. But if they'd make the same damn mistake and bring back a, a, a coach on the hot seat with a losing record to develop a new quarterback with the biggest decision they've ever made with the number one pick where they draft a quarterback. So what if they go on a run, though? What if they go on a run here? You're going to play the, the Lions. Then you're going to get a, a Vikings team that has done some great things. They're five, they've won five in a row. If they go on a run, then I would think Justin's got as much to do with it as anybody. Well, correct. But like, if you go on a run and win seven or eight games total this season, the coaching staff's coming back. I, I'm uh, Again, I'm not... I don't love that, but if they go on a run and do that, I'm and and you bring back the quarterback, I'm more open to keeping the coach with the old quarterback than keeping the coach and drafting a new one and and making the same mistakes over and over. I don't believe that this is the guy who's going to lead you to your next Super Bowl. If that's the case, then the then likelihood the that they're going on a run 
is is very unlikely because I think a lot of what the Detroit Lions did was a collaborative effort with the coaching staff and with a group of players that is a solid crew that found their way. Like, this is why I'm asking the question, and this is why I'm suggesting to you that this is the most important game this coach has ever lined up for You're right. in his short career with the Chicago Bears. And I would argue that for the quarterback as well. Coming off the mini bye too. This is an opportunity for both of them to change the narrative. Is it more likely that they go on a Detroit Lions-like run from last year, or is it more than likely that it's going to be more of the same? Yeah. I want to talk about the records, too, because it doesn't even have to be a Detroit Lions-type run. Uh, Paul is in Michigan. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Paul? Uh, not much. How you doing, buddy? We're good. Hey, um, I've got a couple of things. Hopefully I get a second uh, to say them. Um, a... I'm not, I'm not, Ryan Poles got handed a big fat birthday cake with that number one pick from Lovey Smith. So that's one good trade. What about the whole rest of it? Two, Eberflus has let Luke Getzey stay in charge of this offense when we out how Justin needed to be handled last year and we go into this year trying to reinvent the wheel again. And third, Sean Payton last night just showed us that what a great coach is. He turned it around a big fat mess in Denver overnight and a quarterback that we thought was washed up and Russell Wilson. What do you think you'd be doing with Justin Fields? And I and my last comment, my fourth one, sorry about for adding four, but uh we got one coming out of Michigan. I'm from Michigan. Jim Harbaugh is about to be free, people. You think Just so? Look at, He's gonna be yeah. free. Yeah, and look look at his record. College, pro, we're the Chicago stinking bears. Do we have to settle? For Luke Getzey, who's holding Aaron Rodgers' clipboard, you don't you really? don't have to sell us on Harbaugh. This is the this is the the Jim Harbaugh show with Waddle and running things. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying back up the freaking Brinks truck at his house in Michigan as soon as as soon as they get out of the, the out of the college football deal and say, "Come on, my friend, get in the truck," and you just take as much out of here as you want. Jim's not riding a truck down here. He'll he'll take the private jet. It's not <laughs> a far things. flight either. Yeah, no, yeah, it's I, quick, I think quick. it's unfair to compare Matty Refluse and Justin Fields with Russell Wilson and, and Sean Payton. Like, I mean, those are and, and that, apples to oranges comparison. And that offense is still, you know, like... I mean, they, listen, I give them both a ton of credit. They took something that was about to fall into Lake Michigan yeah. and turned it into a 500 season at this point. It's crazy. Like, the coach and the quarterback both deserve a ton of credit. Will our coach and will our quarterback do something comparable, which is go out there and change how everybody feels about them over the course of the next several games. Yep. 312-332-3776. Waddle's World is coming up. We'll talk some uh, Cubs free agency and, and trade uh, options with Boog Shiambi. Some good stuff, too, from Jeff Passan today on Shohei Otani. May clarify why Jed didn't want to say much about Shohei. Uh, Boog is going to join us coming up at 4 o'clock, but we'll have some fun inside Waddle's World next. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? It's time to find out what's on Tom's mind. Is that why you are here? As we go inside Waddle's World. 
Swaddles World, brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Member FDIC. I saw this was the article that you sent me today. Why not start there? Uh, Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen were offered free sex at the Las Vegas GP as Formula One hits Sin City. So I guess, like... That was part of the promotion from some of the uh, the joints out there in Las Vegas. Come on in. I think it's a chicken ranch. Those two drivers and 18 others will be in Vegas for a weekend of F1 unlike any other. 21st race of the season is at the new Las Vegas Strip Circuit, which will take in all the famous sites of the self-proclaimed entertainment capital of the world. They were telling me when we were at Circa... Derek Stevens yeah. was telling me they were showing me as we were. Um, what's the uh, the club at the top that we were in? It's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, I forget, but that was legacy. A cool place. Is it the legacy it club? Yeah, I and know. I was sweating my beans off out there. He was telling me that he, they were showing me where this F one race is going to be. Yeah, it's going to take everything up, and 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 they had to repave some stuff for these cars. But anyway, I think all the drivers are being offered. Is it the chicken ranch? It is. Yeah. Chicken ranch. Where it's legal. It's yeah, legal. Yeah, Prostitution yeah, is legal. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That's going to be part of it. The drivers, if you want to stop Come on by. Come on drivers by want to stop the, by. Is it before the race only? Or can you celebrate I after the race? If, I think if you're an F1 driver, you could show up in the middle of the race. Can you? And they'll take care you of need you. Need a break? A little I, pit stop? I, I would say so. Wouldn't you? Those guys are uh, like stars. If you were single, would you take advantage of that? I would not. No. You wouldn't? Probably not. No? No. no. Would not. Uh, you? No. What do you? What kind of question is that? I mean, uh, why, uh, why, why, why is it okay for you to ask me a question? No, it's not okay for me to ask you. Because, like, what do you think I am here? I mean. I don't know. If you were single and you were. I'm outraged uh, by that. Yeah. I bet you know the address of the chicken ranch. Mellor, what would you suspect the address of the chicken ranch in L- or Las Vegas would be? Unfamiliar with the chicken ranch. Just take a guess. I figure you'd have a good answer for it. It's got to be 6969 Las Vegas Boulevard. I was trying to put the ball on the tee, but, like, that's but easy, Jeffrey right? showed up. Jeffrey no, I just showed up. feel like that's a little too obvious. So then what Sometimes else would it be? Sometimes the obvious is the most entertaining. What else would it be? Hmm. Uh... Four Sin Boulevard? Four Free Boulevard? Free? Nothing is well, free. Well, for these guys. They changed well, the name of the road. Yeah, no. uh, the Bills have fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. They've named Joe Brady the interim replacement. For prostitution to the Bills' offensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, like, look, this is what we do. If you get whiplash, that's <laughs> on you. You have one yeah, card. Just you one know what? If I, no. hey, there's, there's a neck brace in there no. if you want to put it on. Wait wait, wait till we go to murder next. What's next? 10511 Homestead Road. 10511 Homestead Road. 17 bed brothel. 40 acres of land, boys. Why do you need 40 acres of land? Chickens. They're raising chickens. You gonna be a chicken farmer? (laughs) We were talking about all that farming yesterday. I think we'd be what good farmers. Of, do you want to open up the chicken ranch? If, no, I don't. And, and again, I'm not in. I, that's, I could not. that's farming. You're more uh, suitable no, to I run. I don't want that at all. I no. think we would 
That that brings on way too much drama. Oh, no, I don't want any part of that. I'm saying I don't want any part of like raising animals either. No, like now we're gonna do soybeans, what? some some corn, some feed corn, and some other stuff. I think corn is our 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 thing. Yeah, that's our thing. Okay, like it just grows and grows and grows and grows. And then well, you the get end of the it, season, right? then you we hire, right? Well, sure, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the we'll early mornings, stuff. you got to yeah. get up. Yeah, we'll get the fertilizer. Yeah, you can't you fertilize it these days. I don't or, know. We're going like, to learn. We're going to have to learn all that stuff. Or is that bad for it now with uh, organic know. stuff? I'm not you know? sure. But we'll figure it out. What about we got to water it? <laughs> we got to hoe the dirt? Yeah, you got to hoe the dirt? Is that what you're You got to man your hose? Yeah. I don't think you do it manually anymore. We're going to have to buy a lot of big equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Some tractors? Yeah. I can see you on a tractor. Oh, yeah. That sounded like the hockey open right there. Yeah. Well, that's right. <laughs> you know what? I think we, we need, need to diversify. We need to diversify. We need to farm. Like, there's too much stress uh, attached to sports. We need to do some farming to get out there and kind of release some of the sports tension. By the way. Uh, you guys in? Sure. Why not? I'll farm, yeah. yeah. Why not? The chicken ranch. Uniforms. Chicken ranch, 4.8 out of 5 on the Facebook reviews, boys, so. What was it? That's pretty good. 4.8 4. 4. 4. 8 out of 5 on the Facebook reviews. That's good, isn't it? Dude, Chicken Ranch That's versus... a higher rating than you got on your on your Uber thing. Yeah, oh, for was... sure. I'm a 4.7 on Uber. 4.7.0. I went up from 4.6.8 to 4.7.0. One, one of the uh, reviewers, quote, this was a bucket list thing for me, and I enjoyed it very much. Good. Well, how does the Chicken Ranch compare to the Bunny Ranch? I got to go search that up. Let's I didn't know. Here. I don't know. Wasn't there? Oh, what you was didn't the know. One? What don't, was don't, don't play. I didn't know there was a bunny ranch. I thought it was just oh, the chicken the, ranch. That's the most famous one. Which was it, the one that was on yeah, HBO? That, that was the bunny ranch. That yes. was the bunny ranch. By that's, the way, I the bunny ranch, chicken ranch, sixty-nine Moonlit Road. Of course, yeah, road. They're right of course it is. They have a review of. Where's their rating? Hmm. And where did Lamar Odom almost die? Didn't he almost die in one of those places? Well, you've, you've constantly said that That's this a, was that, not a... Ooh. Bunny Ranch, 4.4. 4. Oh, wow. Chicken. Sort of like your Uber rating. <laughs> oh, you know the what, though? Chicken Ranch is your Uber... The Bunny Ranch is your Uber rating. So, I apologize, though, because that's a 4.4 4 on the Google reviews, whereas the what? Chicken Ranch only has a 4.3 on ooh, the Google reviews. Oh, okay. The Facebook for, was a 4.8 on uh, Chicken Ranch. Hmm. Huh. Bunny Ranch does not have a Facebook review. What about a Yelp rating? Do you, can you get it on on Yelp? Can, can you get it on can Yelp? Can you review it on Yelp? Not sure. Can you imagine one of these guys, Lewis Hamilton, pulling into the Bunny Ranch in, in the car. one of the cars? <laughs> How great is that? F1 car. Yeah. Just want to prove Just that I'm here. an F1 driver. I'm here for my freebie. Do you think anybody fakes it and says that I'm an I'm F1 Lewis, driver? I'm Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. How would you? I mean, you could have a fake ID. You dress and you dress like a yeah, race car driver. You just get out. Of, yeah. Just get out of my Rav Four. Yeah. Here I am. Is this look? This is. Uh, you think I drive a race car twenty four seven? No. So with the kids, I got to get you know, the car seats yeah. in the back. Right. Going places. Isn't that what it is? Yes. Toyota. Going places. Let's go places. Yeah. Again, Ken Dorsey's been uh, relieved of his duties in Buffalo. I, I think it's odd that was Ken really responsible for the nine turnovers that took place last night in Orchard Park? I'm not sure, but he's gone. Uh, we talked about it several weeks ago. I, I think there was a little bit of friction between himself and Sean McDermott. Who, By the way, did you guys feel the same way I felt about some of Sean McDermott's? I think Sean McDermott was is guilty of deflecting. Because first of all, 
if 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 our team had run twelve guys out there and got pinched oh. for twelve men on the field, Matt Eberflus would be hearing it from everyone oh, in town, of right? Sure. So I'm assuming it's Sean McDermott, and he ran that zero coverage full out blitz on second down. And then he ran it again on third down. And I'm like, what are you doing? You've already showed him that. That's Sean Payton over there, and that's Russ Wilson over there, and that's Jerry Judy right there. Too much can go wrong if you do that again. Mm-hmm. I did not think it was a good look for Sean McDermott. Next thing you know, what did he do? Oh, yeah. He pulled it. You know what he did? He pulled a, a, a Franklin. He pulled a Franklin. Who's the coach at Penn State? Oh, James, James Franklin. Franklin. James Franklin okay. pulled a Franklin. I, I was wondering where. Franklin fired his offensive coordinator. Yeah, right, right. What did Sean McDermott do? He just fired his offensive coordinator. Are you? Is it? Is it Ken Dorsey making Josh Allen throw the ball into the arms? Of How does the, Josh Allen teams? feel about this? I don't know because he's not played well. Josh Allen. I saw also a graphic in that game last night that said Josh Allen in his in six years, like leads the NFL. Was it ninety six or ninety eight turnovers total turnovers? I heard that. Interceptions. Yeah. I heard. Did you hear Yurko's response? Do you have that, Mellor? To when uh, Carmen was quizzing him earlier today? Is it just in rejoin for Most interceptions in the NFL since 2018. Most thrown interceptions in the NFL since 2018. Go. Go what? <laughs> There's only one good kid. <laughs> Where do you want me to go? Where am I going? What Josh Allen. <laughs> He's trying to get a good conversation going, a little quiz going. You're <laughs> lots of sandwich. He was texting people for food this morning. I when he- I saw him in the bathroom, I came in and like I, I as soon as I came in, I couldn't make it upstairs. I had to go into the bathroom down here, and I saw the good kid, and he looked like he had been out, but he wasn't. Oh, really? He just said he woke up early, couldn't sleep. He said, "Hey, can you get me some coffee?" I said, "Of course." So I ran next door and got him some coffee, but I think he was looking for a sandwich as well. I've never seen someone who shows up to work with no food. He does this on uh, football games, too. He always looks at me when I've got, I take my food out, and I, I, like he goes, oh, what do you got over there? I go, I got my lunch. And he just, well, what's for lunch here? I go, what do you mean, what's for lunch here? He goes, they don't Whatever buy us bring. anything. I go, I didn't know anyone was responsible to buy your lunch. How about you pick up something? Go what? <laughs> it is amazing. Like, I don't know how I feel about Josh Allen right now. Like, Josh Allen um, can make a ton of plays, but Josh Allen turns the football over way too much. Way where too is much. he? Where is and he right on now, your list? Stephon Diggs is, was not happy again. Like, that, that relationship is framed. It's gone sour. It's gone sour. Where, where do you have to stop? How many quarterbacks would, would you name? Should we do this later instead of Waddle's World until you get to Josh Allen? I think you can do it quick. Mahomes, Burrow. question is Herbert. Would you put Herbert above Allen? I don't know. Wads? Because I don't think there are a lot. I know you say you don't know how you feel, but it's always what you say about how these guys go up and down well, yearly. Now, wait a second. I always thought that he was he was on the cusp, if not in the elite group. Now he's part of the Kirk Cousins crew. Oh, oh yes, he is. Oh. Whoa, time out. Whoa. 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 Whoa, time out. He's led the National Football League in turnovers in the last six years by a large margin. Wow. He led the league in interceptions What's, last is year. Is that because one is heavily weighted, like, from six years ago? 
No, I, he led the league in interceptions last year. What do you, you know who he is, who I think he is? I think he's Ben Roethlisberger. I think he's Brett Favre. Although, n- neither now, name look, is a bad thing. You no, would take no, it. No, it's not. All Listen, these guys. guys, what these guys do is, and part of it I get, because whether it's Brett Favre, and I think they felt the same way about Matthew Stafford out in Las, Ve- or in Los Angeles. These guys are going to throw more interceptions than most guys, but they're also going to make plays that other quarterbacks don't play. So we're going to play aggressive, and we may go to pick out of here, but we're also going to benefit from this guy making plays. He's had 14 interceptions last year, 15 the year before that, but he's also had plus, you know, 35 or more touchdown passes each of the last three seasons. I'll throw Mahomes, Burrow, and then is there any Herbert? Is there anyone else you'd put more definitively above him? No, Hurts? I mean, would look, you put Jalen Hurts above him? I'd no, rather have Allen. No, no. I know that's why I'm asking though. No, like, yeah. You're right, Jeff. I it's mean, like, like three, and then Allen. He, and, like if Hurts would have followed last year up with another year like he had last year, but he hasn't. But I guess my point is, is I I always had thought that Josh C.J. Stroud, was, gentlemen, was going to be and hasn't been out there long enough. Obviously, I always thought he was getting into that group, that elite group, and I wouldn't put him in that elite group right now. Would you? You going to put him well, in that elite a, group? It's an elite group of what? Two? Three, two or three? Is Herbert even in the elite group? That's right. It's Mahomes and Burrow, right? I mean, in probably right now, there's two of them. I mean, I think Herbert's fabulous, but I mean, Josh Allen puts his team in a bind quite a bit with some of the decisions he's made. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I'm not telling you I wouldn't want him on my team. He'd be a better option would than you, anything would we've you had rather, in a while. Like it's like Canty asked today. Would you rather have the number one pick in the draft or Josh Allen with his salary? That's a really good question. With one pick, one first round. I the would number give a, one overall pick. I would probably give it up for Josh Allen. He's 27. Would you give it up for Justin Herbert? He's even younger, isn't he? Yeah. He's that's 25. why, like, like I want to see. Yes, I yeah, I would too. Yes. So I think we. I'm not two. I'm not giving up two. No, no, no. Correct. So but then one the single, number one yes. overall pick, which is likely to be Caleb Williams yes. or Drake May. Yes, I would rather have Josh Allen or Justin Herbert. And their salary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I know. I agree. Like money's that's part of the issue. But it is kind of a you know the Josh Allen locomotive. They wouldn't Slow do that. down a little bit. They wouldn't. The Bills wouldn't do that. Well, no. I mean, they obviously, they, they're, they're blaming his struggles on Ken Dorsey for crying out loud. Well, they, they, that's all they can do in the middle of the season. This, this guy, uh, a Chicago police officer out there, he could pass for David Flom's brother. Yes, he Can't could. He? Yes. No question. They're 5-5 five and five right now. I know. The Buffalo Bills. Last year, they were 13-3. and three. I mean, like, so... Look, he has made some mistakes, but yeah, I, I would I would definitely give up a, that first pick if it was the Carolina pick for Josh Allen. But he does, I, Josh, take care of the football for the love of everything good and pure in this world. All right, we spent a lot of time on uh, on uh, the it's Bunny Ranch talk, and uh, <laughs> it's Ken Dorsey and the Bunny Ranch. Yeah, Ken and Dorsey the chicken and the Bunny Ranch. Ranch. We gotta get I gotta get you some some Harbaugh, the latest on Harbaugh as well. Uh, that and some nonsense. When we Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. Follow.
follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at T Waddle 87. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. I didn't do anything to uh, pay attention to any of these stories. Uh, I was actually talking to the guy, so I'm not completely ill-prepared for what's next. I did have a story here. Oh, this was the one I wanted to read you. A man gave himself a poop transplant using his mom's feces to treat his debilitating Crohn's disease. What? Then he started experiencing her menopause systems. I can't believe that that's a true story. That's not. Where'd you get that? That's fake. Where'd you get that? Let me find it again. That's that's disgusting. Tyler. It's part of a documentary. Is it really? Yeah. A man who was hospitalized by debilitating Crohn's disease found relief after... I don't know why... Business Insider. Is it really? Yeah, I bet Business Insider. Was it spelled wrong? Was Insider spelled wrong? Yeah, this is... Insider.com. This is a fishing story. says a man gave himself poop transplants using his mom's feces to treat his debilitating Crohn's disease. Then he started experiencing her menopause system. How do you know? You're not a doctor. You got a freaking t-shirt on that says, show him the money. (laughs) You you leave the medical (laughs) stuff to Tyler. I know you cannot do you a got poop on transplant. your face and you've got a t-shirt that says exactly. show him the money. Right. I'm and Justin I, Tyler. No, and I know you can't do a poop transplant and then all of a sudden start experiencing your mom's menopause sim- symptoms. Can't do that. Fecal transplant from Johns Hopkins. It's I'm, supposed to I'm, come out. You don't ever put it back in. I'm baffled. Why would the why would going the other direction help? Is it because the bacteria is Meller's in there, he doesn't want any part of it. Like for a man who can get in the weeds and in the sewer with us, like just like that. He'll say sixty nine, we'll all giggle. Yeah. You talk one poop story, and he's over there. Fall off that high horse, mister, and you're gonna probably have to go to the doctor because that horse is such a high sitting so high on that horse. Probably break an arm. Can you imagine someone with their poop knife from Waddle's World story cutting up mom's mom's poop, fishing it out of the toilet? Mom, I need that. Tennessee man arrested for DUI. We're moving on and meth while driving a lawnmower. Santa's train full of kids. That's what it says. A Tennessee man was arrested after he allegedly drove children while under the influence at a Christmas tractor parade on Saturday. The incident unfolded in the small northern Tennessee town of Tazewell. <laughs> he got tased well, all right. I don't think he did. I think he was applauded. Henry Meade was driving Santa's train, a motorized lawnmower pulling carts of children, when witnesses alleged that he was acting erratically, according to the local television station. <laughs> he was driving a lawnmower with children That's how we do it in the, in the middle of the country. What do you think they're going to do? They use their lawnmowers as as parade vehicles. This is an award-winning Waddle's World. Mead today. was here. I want you to. If you don't believe this. This is a two-pager too. Oh, oh sure. Take so, this home. So now it's do true. some research. The poop transplant. Someone in the Twitch chat say this is actually a true story. Like this guy's been researching it. Yeah. Like you. Like I think I his said, name was David. Like he's yeah. been. He's like, been I bet you David work. doesn't have a show him the money T-shirt on and pretending he's got yeah. more medical knowledge David's than others. Sitting at, at at John Hopkins right now, he is listening on to Twitch. us on his lunch break. Yes, he was involved in this procedure. He was probably in this parade in Tennessee in the town of Tazewell as well. 
Meade was reportedly unsteady on his feet and failed the field sobriety test. And police found meth, narcotics, and a syringe when they took him into custody. I think that the vetting process needs to be better in some of these small towns when it comes to allowing these folks yeah, to drive the, children. the parade vehicles. Officials noted that Meade was not a town employee. The Tazewell Police Department responded swiftly to the incident, ensuring the safety of the event attendees. Now they're patting themselves on the back. Look at us. We swooped in fast to take sure, take control of the situation. During the event, we had 14 police officers on foot patrol for several thousand attendees. He was charged, charged with drug possession and driving under the influence. You want to take TJ? Yeah. See, TJ. TJ downtown. TJ, are you a doctor? Yes, I am. He sounds serious. <laughs> Jinx. What kind of doctor are you, TJ? I am. I'm, uh, I'm not a GI doctor, but I, I have rotated through there and done med school and, and all of that. So, so what TJ kind of doctor um, are you, though? I, you're hesitating. Before we get to that, TJ, can I ask you a question? Why, have so, why is somebody with your intelligence and an important job listening to Waddle's World on a Tuesday? Well, I love Wilds World. I love your show, uh, honestly. Oh, and yeah, uh, huge uh, Chicago sports fan. So I listen to you guys like every day. So okay. now, are you really a doctor? Yeah. What kind of doctor are you? Yes, I am really a doctor. Uh, I'm a psychiatrist. Okay. See, that's not the same. I think you could help that's, us. Well, that's whoa, not the whoa. same. Again, the man with a show him the money t-shirt he's on gonna talk about he's a, telling a doctor he's not a doctor. He's going to talk about a poop transplant. Tell us why this yeah. is a real story, TJ. Well, it's called a fecal transplant, technically, but it is a legitimate procedure. Um, the idea is to introduce a more healthy microbiome that's found in the um, in the in the poop that is expelled from another person and put it into you to sort of um, recolonize your intestine system you. to have a more functional GI tract. When it comes to these stories, you trust me. Okay, you need, this well, is something pizza, that, If this is a pizza story, I'm coming to you. you this is a, a poop story, you come to me. Would you consider yeah. getting one? I if think I, you could. If you, I found myself with a, a with well, a case of Crohn's disease that was that debilitating, you, you, yes. you have bad. Uh, you have bad fecal matter. Not bad. <laughs> bad fecal matter. Yeah, you I mean, do. Your fecal matter is not good. How do you know? Uh, oh, I'm with you almost every day. Bad. Uh, I I do not need one, so no, I would not get one. But right. uh, if, if it was recommended, that was one of the few options. Then sure, why not? TJ, okay, who, who's TJ, the doctor you, or scientist who says who's the first one who dreams this up and says, you know what, I got an idea. Yeah, let's, let's let's fix Chrome's disease here. How about a fecal Chrome's disease? It's not a Crohn's. it's not a Mac computer. Crohn's, I'm sorry, Crohn's, Crohn's disease. disease. <laughs> who, who's Again, the one? Leave the medical stuff to me. And TJ. This is what happens when I wade into the poop with you guys. I start misspeaking. All right. TJ, real quick, before we let you go, and we thank you for listening and thank you for your input. Is this yeah. something that if it's going to be done, you would recommend that individuals don't take the matter into their own hands, literally see a doctor about it? Correct. I would I would not myself or recommend anyone insert it in themselves. Go to a doctor. Oh, this, is not a di- this is not a do-it-yourself. It's not a D. Di- what do they call it? No, this is DIY. not a DIY project. <laughs> yeah, no. no. It's not a DIY project. It's a DIE project if you do it wrong, right, TJ? Ho! A good one, Waddle. Thank you. (laughs) I pride myself on medical humor.
Thank you, TJ. Thanks, we, TJ. You know what? We've got to right, try and thanks. get a hold of Boog. I don't think he's going to take our call after this conversation, <laughs> but we're going to give it a shot. <laughs> ask ask uh, Boog true or false if it's true. Or, no, or do you think he'll hang no, up? I don't know. I'm going to tax there my are certain, GI doctors. There doc. are certain I have, people. I have two doctors that I trust who are GI doctors. I'm going to confirm whether this is true or not. So you're calling TJ a liar? He's a psychiatrist. I'm sure he's great when it comes to matters of the mind. I it, how Don't does, you think, Doctor, we're in the sports world. We read sports magazines. We read sports articles. He's a doctor. He probably reads medical journals. And he stuff. probably smoked pot with Johnny Hopkins back at med school. <laughs> Is Johnny Hopkins the, the guy that the uh, the whole joint was named after? Is that what it is? Step Brothers humor over your head? I, yeah, I didn't recognize that. Is that what from Step Brothers? That's, yeah. your, that's your movie. Brad, that's too. my movie, too. Yes, but he's, yelling, wow, at his, he's yelling at his mom. He's like, I smoke pot back with Johnny Hopkins. I'm going to have to put myself in time out after not recognizing that humor. All right, we're going to talk to Boog. I'm going to text my GI doctors, find out whether or not TJ was lying. If this is true or not. Well, I got an article and a doctor, and you want to... It's an award-winning Waddles world, that's yeah. for sure. I was highly entertained. We'll talk some Cubs, Shohei, and uh, Craig Council coming up next.